0: Alright, it's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up today, man. Because today we have one of those resources that people just go, oh wow, about. This is where they take the Lord's name in vain, Kev. They're like, (laughs) I had no idea this man has so many parts. Where to go? Where to find him? And I'm talking anything you could imagine they got their hands in. So, before we get into it, so Michael Gray is our guest. And you guys can look him up. AMD. AMD Metal Direct, it's basically uh, Auto Metal Direct. They have so much just under their skews. I mean, so many things you can you just can't imagine, man. It's a it's a. It's it's one of those dreams. I wish those dreams would come true, where you want a shopping spree or some guy shows up with a big check at your house from uh, AMD, you're like, Oh yes.
1: Yeah, you gotta go to one place to spend it. <laughs> yeah, you know, like this would be the place, you know. Like you could purchase almost a whole car there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, exactly. And it's it's right in our our wheelhouse because uh, you know, we love the metalwork, we love our old cars. And if you have anything that's old, you know, old pickup truck, old cars. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, Dodge and Plymouth, yeah. Ford pickup trucks, Ford cars, you know, even in the GM, they're just loaded up and they have, It's a, like I said, it's a misnomer because it's auto metal direct. And maybe yeah. that's kind of where the roots were, it was in the sheet metal and that's the body. But man, when you start looking through their website, you're right, dude, they have everything, you know, glass, trim, you know, all the interior bits. I mean, you name it. Well, let
0: me ask you a question. Before we get before we get into it, um, what, have you ever had a part just be like the impossible, holy grail of parts? All the time. You know, being a Mopar guy, I probably run into that more so than, than most. You know, Chevy guys, they can go to 7-Eleven and get their parts, man.
1: Right. But Mopar guys, it's a
0: little more difficult. It's just a little uh, to find them. It's tough.
1: Yeah, these guys really, they're right up your alley, man, because- they're huge. They're huge in the Dodge and Plymouth muscle car stuff, man. So that's, that's got to tickle you in all the right places.
0: You know what that tells me, Bird? Well, you know what that tells me? These guys are geniuses. <laughs> geniuses. <laughs> uh, but, you know, have, have you ever had a part that you just, you know, you couldn't find, locate, couldn't get your hands on? Or if you did find it, um, like I'll give you an example, right? Nobody out there can find um, little electric motors that run the headlights, for the first gen chargers, yeah, nobody repops them, remans and remanufactures them, uh, at least that I'm aware of. They're the one of the most difficult parts to find on those first gen chargers. Now you can get some replicas, some different ones, but to have that OE look and to have those factory tiny little motors, oh man, that would be that would be wicked. So it's really difficult to find little pieces and components like that. And when you find a, a just a, a resource. With I mean, just an arsenal, a litany of skews and body components, like you said, stuff under the hood, emblems, bumper, everything you need, every bracket bolt, every assembly piece, and directions on how to do it.
1: (laughs) It's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that is the challenge for owning or restoring any kind of old vehicle, right? It's well, this one's no this part's no good anymore. This one's rotted out, this one's broken, this one's missing, right? And then it's the the treasure hunt. You know, like you're just out there sailing the seas like, come on, we got to find some treasure. I got to find this part. Like, I can't finish my ride. I can't complete, you know, I can't use my headlights. I can't do whatever until I get this part. And, uh, you know, the, the salvage yards, yeah. they, they were picked over, you know, 30 years ago. Everything's rotted into the ground. Like, there is no like old stuff. There's people hanging on to things in their garage of various conditions. You know, there's trying to go to swap meets and finding everything but the thing that you need. You know, so to be able to get on the Google, you know, and go, Oh, here's the model year, here's the vehicle I want, here's, yeah. you know, boom, there it is, click, click. Oh, man, does it take the stress away?
0: Right. You know, especially because it's one of those places you can get lost in shopping. It's like, you know, Amazon for car parts, right? It's like where where we go to find all the uh all the goods at. And when it arrives, you definitely got a smile on your face. Maybe not the box, but your face is like, oh yes. So, um, really cool stuff, man. We're going to get into it today with Mike Gray. He's a marketing manager. He's been there for a while. We ran into him a number of times, had him on the show before. Because, like we said, you never know what rose into their shop. So, what was that part off the top of your head? Can you can you think of a part right now that's just, I mean, so difficult to find? Uh, you know, like a, a water pump for a 65 VW Bug?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're, the, the list is endless. And, and half the time is probably out there. It's just trying to find the damn thing, you know? Like... Uh, Or finding one that's not so expensive or, you know, worn out or whatever, but that's our daily life. Yeah. That's your daily life when you're old, something old, especially when it's not the, uh, you know, the top three picks, you know, first gen Camaro, second gen Camaro, maybe the first gen Mustangs, you know. When you start getting a little bit further out into the weeds, man, all of those things kind of get lost. And-
0: yep, yeah, I'm with you there. My wife doesn't appreciate when we talk about it like this. But, uh, look, we're going to take a break now. When we come back, Mike Gray, the man from AMD, my man Kevin Bird, Willie B. It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. All right, it's the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have Mike Gray from Auto Metal Direct. Dun dun dun. Mike, how the hell are you, sir? I am doing great. How about you guys? Hey, doing fantastic, man. I turned Bird on, you know, you, you've been on our show before. I was telling Bird, I'm like, hey man, I got Mike coming on the podcast today. He was like, all right, finally. Good. I'm telling you, what you guys have been able to do with uh, you know, Auto Metal Direct over the last, you know, number of years, I'll excuse it. Every time I come to your website, I'm kind of blown away at the number of SKUs that you guys have acquired, increased, and, and what you guys are doing there now. So catch us up for anybody that hasn't, you know, maybe clicked over to your website. It's AutoMetalDirect.com. Uh, you guys have really, man, expanded, grown, offering some high-quality stuff. Tell us a little bit about it, boss.
2: Well, we recently built a new building so that we could uh, expand our inventory. So we've we've been doing Chevy trucks for a while, but we're expanding greatly into that, doing uh, 47 through 87. But we also, wow. about the time that I talked to you last time, we'd gotten into Ford. We were doing Galaxy and Torino parts and Fairlane, but we're also getting a lot of uh, Ford pickups, 48 and later, too. So we're doing those up through 79 right now. So uh, a, a lot of new parts, a lot of the... Uh, A lot of the stuff that had been out there for the square bodies was old crash parts. It was one of the first markets for the insurance companies to buy aftermarket. So it was really cheap, not very good parts, not very good quality. So the the trucks have gotten popular enough now that there is a demand for a uh, restoration quality part. And that's what we're busy doing right now. That and uh, several other car lines. But but trucks are really big for us right now. They're very popular.
0: Yeah, I'm curious as to, you know, everybody that we've talked to has kind of, you know, said something similar that trucks have really exploded in the last few years, you know, three to five, six years. You see this market for trucks and, you know, just what everybody's doing with them, different applications, and it really doesn't matter to the, the the pedigree, like a you could take a, a long bed or short bed, C10 or square body, uh, two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive. People trick them out, make low riders, hot rods, race trucks, four-wheel drive trucks, all factory reman stuff. You know, look like OE. They're really... They have just, you know, swooped in and got a lot of people's attention and a lot of people love them, man.
2: Well, it's really great because they're a rear wheel drive vehicle, just like uh, a lot of the old muscle cars or almost all the old muscle cars were. So people are used to that. It's uh, fairly simple to work on a pickup truck. They're uh, they're less expensive than a Hemi Cuda or an LS6 Chevelle or something still. that right. Yeah. Um, We like them because they rusted bad. So uh, (laughs) they need a lot of parts. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's a vehicle that, like you say, you can do anything you want with it, whether it's four-wheel drive, custom, low-ride, or whatever it happens to be, and you can still use it. Put in a spray and bed liner and, and go out and use a thing when uh, when you're not showing it.
1: Yeah, and who doesn't have, yeah. like, just a ton of memories from when they were a kid or growing up around some truck? You know, whether it was your dad's truck or whether it was your, you know, your T-ball coach that threw everybody in the back and you all went and got Slurpees after you won or lost the game, you know? like. Trucks, I think everybody just relates to along with their dog, you know,
2: like. I, I agree. And I think that so many of our muscle car customers have trucks. They're either their two vehicle or their, or their driver vehicle or their work truck. And they want to fix them up, too. So that, that's great. They can trust us for quality. And uh, it's, it's really been expanding pretty quickly.
1: And there's so much you can do with a truck from, you know, if you really want to go off road kind of persona, jack one up, put the big tires on it. And go that route or slam the thing, you know, on the ground or hot rod the thing and actually turn into a performance driver. There's so many different ways that you can take a truck, you know, so you can find your flavor.
2: We, We even see people restoring them back to original, which, you know, you would you would wonder about a work truck being restored, but. It it takes all kinds, and people like all kinds of different things.
1: All of them are good for you, though, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: that's exactly. It. We're the foundation, whether uh, whether you're building whatever you're building, it'll always work out. That <laughs> you got to have sheet metal for them.
0: Amen to that. And it's funny because for me, so I grew up in a trailer park with my dad after he got divorced and my mom split. And I never forget there was this guy three trailers down that had one uh, 1979. That's why I always liked the single headlight. You know, he had the rounded kind of like push bar and then the the roll bar that everybody had with the KC lights on it, the triple roll bar. It was probably on like 35 (laughs) Mudders or something with the Kreger slots on it. Like it it was always like the coolest truck, even though he was always working on it. It was just like to me as a kid, (laughs) I was like, wow, that's like a Bigfoot truck, man. That thing's awesome. Uh, and It was all (laughs) loud and had a big engine, a lot of chrome in it. You know, and it was just outlaw status. So I've always liked those trucks and just dug what, you know, people created with them. And uh, it's really cool you guys are doing that. What what would you say over the last year or two, you know, is another thing. Have you seen or do you guys do any Fox Body Mustang stuff? You guys diving into that world? What's some of the, the new cars you guys are making components for?
2: Yeah, we don't, uh, we don't do Mustang. Smart move. Um, I think there is a Fox Body <laughs> market out there the big market of the old classic mustangs there's uh, usually four or five toolings for every part they're very cheap and to be honest with the cost of doing tool steel new tooling that uh, we just would not be competitive because it would cost us just as much to make a mustang part as it would a, yeah. a hemi cuda part and you just uh, you just can't ask as much money for it um so we've just tried to stay away from that
1: well speaking of you know speaking of these metal parts and making tools and using tool steel versus, you know, a Kirk site. Walk us through, you know, cause I think a lot of guys have, you know, had various experiences with aftermarket sheet metal. So maybe give us a little background on how you guys approach it. What are the things to look for as far as quality fit, gauge of metal, you know, how the, the tooling is, is maintained and, and all that.
2: Well, just, just a brief history, you know, the cars, the tooling and stuff started off normally with just small patch panels, because many years ago when the market was fresh for restoration, the cars weren't that old, so they weren't rusted as bad or, you know, you could pick and find better cars. But nowadays, most of the cars are pretty far gone that are being restored. So we don't do much in a patch panel area. We do mostly everything the full panel, whether it's a bolt-on fender or a door or a, a welded-on roof skin or a quarter panel. And uh, that, that area has grown a lot. So it allows a lot of cars that not only were rusty, but also wrecked to be restored. Um, we, we do everything with factory gauge metal. So it's generally thicker than most of the aftermarket parts that are out there. Um, a lot of the aftermarket was done on curbside tooling, as you mentioned in the past. Um, and that just doesn't last as long. It doesn't produce as crisp of a dye. So area where there are body lines and things or corners, it'll be rounded off instead of a sharp bend as the factory may have originally looked. So we use tool tool steel to do that. And even though we produce large numbers of parts, compared to factory uh, production runs of hundreds of thousands of parts a year, um, we're not making that many. So generally our tooling is going to last for many years before we have to go in there and clean it up. And the technology over the last few years, it's just gotten better and better. Um, instead of working with uh, factory drawings or something and trying to decipher that, which sometimes the original parts didn't even match the factory drawings that were supplied. Um, we take a part off of a car that we know fit a car. We still have that car so we can test fit back on that car when we get prototypes. But it's basically traced with a laser. So everything is digital and you get exactly what you. so. You have to have the best part you can find to get the best part out of it. But it works great because then we still have that car and we can take our prototypes and fit on it. And we'll usually have two or three because there are variances in the cars, but uh, basically just the technology has gotten so much better that the newer the tooling, the better the part is that's out there.
1: Yeah. And a lot of that tooling that's out there is pretty worn out and tired. And like you said, probably never was that great to begin with. Uh, so right. You know, once you've taken a mediocre tool and hammered on it, you know, tens and thou- tens of thousands or more hits on them, they kind of wear out and get a little sloppy. I mean, I think a lot of us have felt that, you know, picking up a panel somewhere, putting on a vehicle and realized maybe I should have got the old rusty one and patched <laughs> the hell out of it than to take uh, this new part and try to, you know, finagle it to, to fit right and to look good. Right. And to, and to have that right. crispness that you're talking about. Right.
2: Exactly. And it, it is difficult. I mean, they call it body work for a, for a reason. It's not body fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there is a lot of finesse, even if you're using brand new factory parts, um, you know, and there, there were variations in the cars because they weren't built like they are now. You know, the tolerances were not as close as, as a new Honda or Toyota or something, or even an American car now, because th- they're benefiting from the current technology too, and the new cars, so they obviously get better and better. So just a lot of people don't realize, you know, they'll, they'll take something out of the box, but they never really thought to look at how that part was on their car originally. And they might be disappointed if they look at the overall look and see how that car lined up when it was new. So, you know, people get used to seeing all these beautiful uh, uh, gaps and stuff and that could be done, but it wasn't necessarily built that way from the factory. Yeah,
1: that'll cost you, you yeah. know, a 50 grand.
2: <laughs> you know, like, right, exactly. Uh, yeah, don't go to SEMA. <laughs> Look
1: at all those cars, or you know, an Autorama, or anything else, and then go. Uh, you know, buy some replacement OE parts for your 1950s ride or 60s ride or whatever, and, and uh, expect any similarity between the two.
2: It's hard to stand out with 150 to 500 thousand dollar cars at SEMA or or any of those types of shows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? she's
0: off of five You're good. You're good. She's off five The Lines is perfect. <laughs>
2: Well, we've had parts that, you know, we, we've uh, looked at them and left and right on our samples from our original OE parts is not the same. Um, a good example was the lower body line in a duster quarter panel. It ended about three inches shorter on one side than the other. and you just don't notice that because you don't look at both sides of the car at the same time but you know as you as you pull those two parts and set them side by side new out of the box somebody looks at and like what's that (laughs) so then you have to decide do you want to make it like the factory did or make it like it should have been made
1: (laughs) yeah i tell people like working on their cars like don't worry if the left side isn't exact like the right side like somebody's making fender flares or something like by the time you get all the way around the car it'll look the same It's just got to be close enough, you know, and and you just proved my point right there.
2: Well, I try to tell people that you want to restore your car the the way the factory meant for it to be built, not necessarily the way that the production line built it. (laughs) Well, that's
1: the tough thing about like a real restoration is you're dropping a lot of coin and uh, you're trying to make the car look original and you're spending that much money and it looks like crap in a sense (laughs) when you're done with it, you know, because that's how it came off the line and it's. You know, that, that's a tough one. I, I don't know if I could, uh, I don't, I'm not a purist restoration guy, uh, f- for some of those reasons, right? It's hard. It's hard to spend that much money to end up making something imperfect. Perfect. You know?
2: Well, I've, sh- I've shown up to car shows. I used to have a, um, 70 AMX that had like 5,000 original miles. So the car was, I mean, it was original down to the polyglass. It had the battery replaced and that was about it. And, uh, I'd get points deducted at car shows because there are runs under the pa- on the paint underneath the hood and underneath the trunk where they obviously shot the parts of them vertical, and it, it sagged, and you see these runs in the metallic. And it's like, you know, that's a great restoration except for that sloppy work there. It's like, it's not restored. It's original <laughs> <Right>. paint. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going
0: to say. In the track plant, some of the Mopar guys would— Spray the passenger side with blue on some of the suspension parts, and a little dot with orange. They would the second shift would hit it with a ball peen a hammer uh, somewhere underneath the you know one of the body lines. Oh, and, and they they would mark you it. You see, see all that in
2: the like the wheel houses of, of Mopars a lot. You'll see big uh, mallet marks in them where they were beating on them to get them to fit. And, and then, then between the trunk drop offs and the trunk floor they just slopped on a bunch of body shoots on a thing to cover it up. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's fantastic, man! Well, look, we gotta take a break now. When we come back, more with Mike Gray from AMD. Look it up, Auto Metal Direct. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. Kevin Bird and Willie B. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have Mike Gray from AMD. You guys check it out, Auto Metal Direct. It's not just say body components. It's not just bumpers. It's not just chassis, the frames, emblems uh you're talking everything from engines stuff under the hood fuel systems glass if you need glass for your old hot rod they got you covered man so how has it been watching not just the new building but the growth and how it's been received uh in the company and where do you think the market is going
2: well we hope it's continuing like it is we've always joked that there you know how many 69 camaros can be left out there but uh (laughs) <laughs> we, we continue to get more and more business. And I, I think a lot of the early restorations are being redone to be better now. And, uh, you know, people are dragging cars out of the woods that they would have passed on before. And really one of the best things that ever happened to our industry was when they started building all the crate motors and overdrive transmissions and big brakes and stuff. So that opened up yeah. the market to um, all these six-cylinder cars and 318 or 307 cars that nobody would have touched in the past. And now you can build what you want because people really want a car that looks like an old car, but a lot of them want a car that drives like a new one. Amen. And uh, so cars that would have been forgotten and just left for dead or parted out are now being fixed. And a lot of them were already left for dead or parted out and they're still being fixed.
1: (laughs) Right. There's a lot of desperation out there, you know, where a couple of patch panels might have been your line of, I'm going to buy this car, I'm not going to buy it. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden they're just completely rotted out, but, you know, there's still value and there's still love for them that, uh, we're pulling things out of the dirt, out of the mud, out of the, out of the fields that are long gone. But, you know, it's guys like you that have, have all the sheet metal and structure to, to put them back together again. And there's all the, you know, small ancillary parts that we can get, you know, again, the glass and the trim and the interior bits to build something from almost nothing, right? So we're, we're. We're, we're bringing back to life things that were, you know, basically mummified in some cases, you know.
0: Or I think we're bringing back the ugly stuff. Like, I think we're bringing back all the ugly stuff when we were kids that we passed over. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the the comets, right? Nobody would look at a comet. <laughs> you see, a, you know, a, a comet now and you go, wow, that's cool. Like a maverick, you know. Everybody would be like, that car is hideous. A dust or a dart or something like that. You'd be like, ah. Ugh. You know, but now fast forward in 2020, you see one of those cars, and you go, oh, well, wow, those lines are actually pretty attractive, or that looks pretty sharp. Like the 67 Cornette. I just think that car was the most hideous car <laughs> Chrysler ever threw out on the table. Square, no lines, no personality, looks like it skipped leg day every day of its life. Those cars are insane what they're worth now. People love them. So a lot of them, Passover ugly chicks, are getting hit on
2: now. Well, I think another neat thing is uh, you, you, I think you'll see a lot if you're driving any kind of car. I, I happen to drive AMXs and Javelins, but say so I'll be driving my AMX and I go past a four-door uh, Falcon, 64 Falcon or something, and we'll both wave to each other because it's like we have different yeah. kind of cars. One's a muscle car. One's an old economy car. But, you know, you got that something in common that you're not both driving a Honda.
1: <laughs> yeah, you get anything old <laughs> yes. enough – it becomes rare enough and it becomes cool enough. Right. You know?
2: Yeah. And like you said, or we mentioned earlier about people restoring cars again at our shop, the uh, in AMD installation center, we'll get cars in there a lot that uh, will joke because there may be a 69 Camaro that's already got two pairs of quarter skins on top of the original rusted out quarters. And it's in there to finally be fixed correctly. Uh, it was just never done right, and it rusted out again and again and again. And now they're going to fix it the way it should have been done in the first place.
1: Oh, there's a lot of Bondo yeah, but, beauties out there. Oh, a yeah. lot of them. You know? We got
2: one in one time that was uh, a customer had bought an e-body that was a convertible, and it was in primer supposedly ready for paint. And the entire car was filled with expanding foam to cover all the rust holes. Yeah. So we always joked about yep. it calling they're never rude because you could put it in the water and it wasn't going to sink. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like makeup for cars, man. <laughs> exactly. uh, so, you know, what are some of your, so in case people are listening and go, wow, curious as to uh, if they have something for my cars, what are some of the platforms you guys are now offering? Um, said no Mustangs, but obviously Camaros. Give us some of the Chevy lines, some of the, ford line and obviously all these mopars yeah in the
2: gm line we do uh camaro chevelle and nova monte carlo and then chevy trucks from 47 to 87 in the ford line we do um 66 through 71 torino and Fairlanes, and 63 and four galaxies along with ford trucks 48 to 79 and then a mopar we do uh, generally is 64 and up b bodies uh uh, and and up through about 74.
0: Best muscle car ever right there, yeah, by the we way. we do A,
2: B, and E bodies. So uh, we do dusters, demons, darts, um, challengers, kudas, and then all the B bodies.
0: Chargers, hmm cornets, roadrunners. Oh, runners. yeah,
2: yeah, chart. 69 Charger and 69 Camaro are probably still two of our most popular cars that we sell parts for.
1: Yeah, those are, those are good cars. Yeah, I'm not going to knock it. I'm not going to knock it.
2: You hear that, Bird? <laughs>
1: it is one of the coolest cars.
2: And <laughs> we, we do some occasional other parts also under hire for companies. We do, uh, for instance, we do Javelin bumpers. There's four different Javelin bumpers. We make those. We don't sell them to the public, but we sell them in the AMC market. Um, We do some Buick parts under contract for another customer of ours. We do a lot of Skylark parts for them. And uh, we do some 62 to 5 Mopar parts for uh, some customers. So there's a lot of things that we do on the side that you'll see out there that we don't normally carry or that we don't have a lot of other parts for. We do uh, a 64 and 5 GTO quarter panel, but we don't do much more for those cars. We do uh, some Firebird quarter panels, uh, 70 and up. Firebird 75 and later Firebird full quarter and some trunk floors and floors and stuff. So it's a little bit of a variety, but mostly Chevy, Dodge, Plymouth and Ford.
0: Now, what about interior parts? How are you how are you stocked up on those?
2: We uh, we do a lot of the hard parts and trim and things. We don't yet do seat covers or carpet um, or door panels and stuff, but we'll do like the armrest bases, all the window cranks and, you know, uh, sill plates. Uh, screw kits, okay. emblems, stuff like that. A lot of the dashboard Perfect. pieces, instruments, we carry gauges and things also for a lot of cars.
1: You you mentioned briefly a few minutes ago, the service for uh, doing some of the sheet metal work. I- explain that a little bit, because if you're in anywhere near you, that could be a huge uh, asset, right? You've got these panels, but you've got to get them on the vehicle. And you guys have jigs and things like that that you work with. Uh, w- walk us through.
2: We do. We've uh, we've got an installation center. It's not actually part of AMD, but it's partnered with us. Um, It's the automotive auto metal direct installation center. And we do um, major body work there. So we have um, jigs for every car that we make parts for. We're working on the Ford jigs. We finished the galaxies. We're working on the uh, Torinos and stuff. But the rest of the cars, we have jigs already set up, so we can basically take a car back down to the floor pans and weld it back together. Um, um, We have probably 85% of the parts to actually make a body, so most anything that actually goes bad on them, we can replace. Um, They don't do any final body work, so all the seams and everything are left up to you, but what we provide is a great foundation for your body shop or yourself to do all the final work, and you can trust that everything's built on the jig so it's all straight as it should be. We've got all the factory datum lines and everything, and everything's measured off of by lasers. And uh, so we just give you a really good foundation. And we, we we provide that service for restoration shops, body shops, and individuals.
1: Now that's, that's awesome. Because like I said, you could pull something that's been sitting out in the field for decades and essentially bring in this carcass. You guys could tear it down to its core existence Uh, and like you said, with the proper jigs, uh, build the thing back up square. Uh, and I, I don't know. I think there's kind of two skill sets sometimes, and there's a lot of body guys that, that can do both, but getting everything square, getting all the metal work done and done properly, and then shifting over to do the body work where you're doing the, you know, final mudding and everything else. Um, so to get that core metal structure done properly by the right guys with the right parts, uh, that's an amazing thing and an enabler for so many guys out there that that really want to do a restoration. They really want to own something old and cool, but a, a rotted out body is so intimidating. Exactly. Or uh, wrecked. You know, they don't want to go after it. And for you to be able to offer that service, I think, really allows a lot more people to get into that game.
2: It, it's also really good because they price things uniquely to where you don't go in there blind. Because usually when you go to a body shop, they, they really can't quote into it. So. They quote on every individual piece. So you know that if it needs a quarter panel and a wheelhouse and a drop off, here's what it's going to cost you. Now, you may not know yet whether it's going to need the drop off in the wheelhouse, but at least you know if it does, you know what that's going to cost you. There won't be any surprises. Um, so that, that works real well. The other thing is that we won't take your car in until we're ready for it. Um, so that, to be honest, at times it's several month wait to get your car in there. But we're not the kind of car shop to take it and then leave it sitting out back for two years not doing any work on it and buying a new boat <laughs> with your deposit. It's, uh, it gets into the shop, and generally, no matter how bad the car is, it's in and out within three weeks. Wow, man. Wow.
0: That's impressive. Talk about nice. a turnaround. That's doing something.
1: That's huge. <laughs> Especially when you yeah. see
0: some of these cars I've been working on for a couple of years
2: yeah <laughs> well they they pound on them they don't waste time they'll, they'll throw several people on a car at one time and each each of the guys have their specialty as far as what they're good at so uh it, it works out real well
1: think about that i mean just like like willie just said you know so many of our projects you know take years for us to do yeah. right and you got something that's just kind of rotted out or above your skill level whatever you could roll that body in uh you know obviously you got to get it in the schedule but In a couple of weeks, you could have that thing back in full metal, you know, ready to slide into a body shop, you know, ready to do the final work, do the paint and start putting together. I mean, that that's awesome. Yeah, that's incredible.
2: And it's funny. We we do a few cars locally. They're near us. We do a few local cars, but almost all the cars are traded in from hundreds and hundreds of miles away. The people bring them down there to us all the time.
1: Well, where do people find you there for for doing some of the metal work?
2: They, they find us through our website on, um, on, our, on our own AMD site. We do advertise for the Installation Center. Um, but they also have a lot of videos out on YouTube. And uh, they've done a lot of, a lot of shows, uh, TV shows, where we had cars featured and stuff. So uh, a lot of word of mouth spreads that way.
1: Nice. And that's in Georgia?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, the Installation Center is in Cleveland, Georgia. Um, our, our location is in uh, Gainesville, Georgia. We're right off of Georgia 365. We back up to the expressway there.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool.
2: We have uh you can't miss our building. We have uh, a logo on the side of our building. Our AMD letters about 45 or 50 foot tall, molded in concrete on the side of our building.
0: Can't miss that. <laughs> no doubt.
2: Can't miss that. And if, if we ever go out of business, we're going to have to find somebody named AMD to buy our building. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is uh? what's your all time favorite?
2: Well, I'm the oddball around there. I like javelins and AMXs.
1: <laughs> Dare to be different, man. Yeah, do your thing. That's what I always say. Yeah.
2: As, as far as uh as far as cars we, we sell parts for, I uh I don't know, I like uh seventy to seventy three Camaros, um and I like uh e bodies and I like chargers and um I like a few things that other people don't like.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. It's a hell of a selection in my boat. <laughs> all right. Well, look, man. Hey, we appreciate your time. Tell everybody uh, where to find you socially, where to get um, online and check out all these number of SKUs, different apparels, accessories, wheel, tire combos. They got transmissions. I'm just reading off the list. Suspension brakes, you
2: name it. They sure, got it. Sure, you can, you can find our uh, website at uh, just autometaldirect.com, all spelled out. And, uh, we do have links to all of our other social media sites, but basically anything out there, uh, social media, we have a site out there and you can find us under auto metal direct.
0: Awesome, man. And the website's real intuitive. You just put in year, make and model, and they'll have all kinds of listings for you. Roll through there, find out what you need, what you're missing. Uh, chances are you can locate it there. So, Hey Mike, we really appreciate your time. And, uh, again, man, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what I'm going to see the next time I come to your website, but uh, I'm impressed every time I am. And I was like. Wow, you guys are growing. So it's crazy, man. Cool to see.
2: We appreciate the kind words and always good to see you guys and be on your show.
0: Hi, right, man. Take care. Uh, and don't Thank forget you. about our show, Aaron Weekends on Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episode's also now streaming on Motor Trend on Demand. Thanks to our guest, Mike Gray. What a what a guest he was, dude. Would you imagine having all of that in your backyard, man? I'd, I'd have all my projects in that shop. I guarantee it.
1: I'd be broke. and I'd have cars building all over the place, you know? Yeah, that'd levy everything. Hey, our producer is Skipper. Executive producer is Bob Ecker. And don't forget to check out our website, 2GuysGarage.com, And share your thoughts with us on social. We're everywhere Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. Now, Two Guys Garage podcast is a copyright, 2020, Britain Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. I had a great time, man. How about you, Willie? It was awesome. Hope you guys did too. And we will catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage podcast is produced by Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.